0: Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I am your host Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is Tyler Watts. What's up Tyler? Not much Mike. How are you, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We are uh, moving right along in our in our team previews for the for the upcoming NBA season and uh man the NBA season is sneaking up on us, isn't it? Dude it's almost here. I'm excited. Yeah, I think it's you know it's about four weeks, I think you were saying, four weeks away. Um, the first game is Cleveland-Boston. I don't know how much more you can ask for.
1: Well, and then you got Golden State and Houston on the same night. So that could be the two finals matchups right there.
0: See, this is where um, Pop, is, this is why he's a Jedi Master. I said so that- could be. I
1: didn't say it would be.
0: I mean, this is why the Pops is the Jedi Master, right? If he was in any of these games, he'd be, he would be—he would not run one single play he would run in the playoffs. But these teams, I think, are going to go at each other.
1: Well, and I think Chris Paul wanted to go to Houston to try to knock off Golden State, so I think they're definitely going to have a chip on their shoulder to beat Golden
0: State on opening night. Yeah, and I respect that. I, resp- I You know, Chris Paul, one of the dirtiest players uh, in the league, easily and um, really gets away with almost anything against Steph Curry. So that, that actually really could be a good matchup. <laughs> Just mug Steph Curry, like, every single play.
1: Slagging off Chris Paul in the first two minutes of the episode. This, That's is, Chris what, Paul. this is what you came for.
0: It. I'm sorry, but if you tried any of that crap out in a gym, in a in a playground, in the streets, where you run up the court and then stop in front of somebody and that guy runs into you and you try to call a foul – you're li- you're liable to get knocked the hell out. Chris Paul's a dirty player. Nobody in the league does that crap. Just Chris Paul. You just said he did, so someone does Except for sh- shitty Chris Paul. Like just play, just keep playing, you turd. But that guy's—I mean, like—he's got the competitive. I respect his competitive uh, lunacy in the fact that he will do anything, including be a scumbag, to win a game. So you know, good, good, good on him. And I, I do look forward to him in Houston. Speaking of Houston, Houston is on the is on this episode tonight. So we're gonna, we're going to talk about old Chris Paul. Um, I, I already unleashed my rant on Chris Paul too early, um, but let's start with Denver because Denver is a super interesting team this year. Um, you say so? I th- I think they are. I, I well, I think they're interesting in the sense that in the NBA they're definitely going to be uh, I think an interesting team to watch I think they're be a fun team to watch what is the most interesting thing going into the upcoming season for the Denver Nuggets well this is a two pronged approach if you ask me
1: you got the, the coming out party of Jamal Murray or you got is Yogic a first round
0: pick really those are the those are your most interest. I, I agree with you on the Jokic. Uh, who is he? What is he? Is he really? Is the hype going to uh, the performance going to meet the hype? Right. Yeah, but I think other than Jokic, I'm more interested in who Paul Millsap is on a better team.
1: Hmm. I think Paul Millsap's Paul Millsap
0: on any team. I like Paul Mills. I've always loved Paul Muslip. He's a really kind of a nine-cat nine stud. And uh, he kind of fell off there in Atlanta this year. And I wonder I, – I'm interested to see if last year was an aberration because Paul Muslip was on a pretty bad team and he's going to be a much better fit in Denver instead of with Dwight Howard. Um, but the the Nuggets brought in Paul Millsap. They also made a trade for Trey Lyles, if if you care about that. They lost uh, Danielo Gallinari, and uh, man, I know you were upset when they waived Mike Miller,
1: my favorite player in the league, your, man. Yep. Don't one hate one of your
0: favorite, of your favorite players. Um, for some reason, they signed Roy Hibbert, but no one knew why, because um, he shouldn't be in the league. Wait, they signed Roy Hibbert. Yeah, according to this, whatever the hell I'm reading here is one of the free agents, the unrestricted free agent is I'm it, pretty sure you're you're
1: slightly mistaken, my friend.
0: Well, you know what, I might be wrong. They do maybe not he, have they do not have Roy he was Hibbert.
1: On Roy, was Roy Hibbert on this team last year? I believe his contract got traded there and then he got waived or whatever.
0: I'm I'm reading this incorrectly uh, Roy Hibbert not a basketball. Who nut.
1: last played for the Denver Nug- Nuggets? He does not play for them currently.
0: So yeah, he was. See, I he didn't even know early. he was on the Denver Nuggets. That's how bad Roy Hibbert has gotten. Is that?
1: I don't know playing. that he actually played.
0: I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm going. He to, played six games last year. He did.
1: One point eight whole minutes.
0: Yeah. Though in one of the games, he had a forty-two percent usage rate for those one point six minutes he played. So. I don't know. So he got the ball, one out of two possessions he was in Yeah, it. I'm not sure you should be able to <laughs> put usage rate next to a guy who played two minutes, but whatever. Let's never talk about Roy Hibbert again. Um, and then just recently um, re-signed the Woj Bomb everybody's been waiting for, Mason Plumlee, re-signed to the Denver Nuggets.
1: And let's talk about this for just one second. That is a shame. You have to. That is a shame for me, just because I think Plumlee is a – Decent fantasy player if he gets minutes, and he is not going to get crap for minutes on this team.
0: I did like Mason Plumlee in Portland. Um, Plumlee has has that game, um, that assist game that um, you know Joakim Noah used to have, but Kim Noah did a little bit more defensive things. But when you get a when you get a center who's who's breaking the five assist mark, uh, that's something special in, in in fantasy, and he is just not going to do that this year. He's there's no chance that uh, Mason Plumlee plays enough minutes for that.
1: Yes, he is probably just going to be Jokic's backup center. And that's going to be not a lot of minutes at all.
0: Yeah. And so let's just get right to the uh, heart of the matter. Uh, Nikolai Jokic, a lot of people are are calling him a top 10 player, easily a first-round player. His per 36 minutes do uh, pan out to be absurdly outstanding I, I i think i i we we talked about uh joel Embiid a long time ago and i think his pan out to be even more absurd somehow but Jokic is is much more likely to be healthy and to play a ton of games and and, and to play more than 30 minutes a game this year is he what it, this is where i'm getting at where are you standing on on the
1: Jokic line I am worried about the fouls getting him more than thirty minutes. I think I think thirty minutes is is kind of safe, but he has a tendency to get in some serious foul trouble and sometimes real early in the game that could knock the minutes down to right around thirty. Like I hear some people saying, like, oh, he's gonna get like thirty-five minutes a night. Like I, I just don't see that happening. He fouls too much for that.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are, for some reason, thinking uh, Tom Thibodeau is coaching this team and think that uh, Jokic is going to approach 36 minutes a game. But even in what is probably more likely, I think, you know, I I can see it going to 31, 32, which is not terribly off from 28 uh, of last year, but significant enough. Well and i
1: think I think he gets that on the average night and then there are nights where he only can get twelve minutes because he keeps fouling and that keeps the average down around thirty
0: yeah i i I think you're right like some of these some of these nights you are gonna see a guy who ends up playing you know twenty two twenty three minutes simply because of, of the fouls but if you kind of look you know some uh, those games are few and far between and and on average you know I think it's safe to say it'll be over thirty minutes. I'm on that side of the line when it comes to Jokic. And with 30 minutes a game, he was kind of what we were just talking about, a, an assist stud at the, at the center. Um, a, down the uh, second half of the season was uh, around six assists, um, 12, close to 12 rebounds, and was throwing in the uh, occasional three. So, you know, a little over half a three a game on the whole season last year. And uh in some of the some of those bigger games where he played bigger minutes could score twenty points. That is a fantasy stud. And I'm gonna go ahead and, and throw it out there. Um I think Jokic should be taken in the top ten. I could not disagree with you more. You will let me have it.
1: I will let you have it. I will easily let you have it. I would argue. And I'll tell you right now, in my rankings, Nikola Jokic is fifteenth.
0: Woo! Wow, that is that is brutal. So I've got the angry send your angry tweets to (sighs) Watsy 4444.
1: And and here's why. Okay, I don't know how many threes this guy actually can get. He's not a good percentage shooter from distance. And I mean, he made 0.6 last year, which isn't nothing, but it's not really a huge help when you got lots of guys out there making three a game, two and a half a game. And you talk about that all the time about how there's more and more three pointers every year. So a half is not a
0: huge amount. Um, you're, you're absolutely right about that. But are you drafting Nikolai Jokic because he's a three point shooter? Nope. You no, know, but at
1: the same time, I mean, I get it. The percentages are great. Um, He shoots him a little bit of threes. I mean, he's still a really good player. I guess my point being is um, I want points. I always want points because I know points are not readily available uh, as the draft goes on. And so I'm looking more at guys like – I mean, I'd even take Jimmy Butler over him. I had Jimmy Butler at 14 and I got Um, him at 15.
0: Don't don't throw my love for Jimmy Butler at me when I'm I'm standing on the Jokic Island. That is a low blow
1: if it's an eight category league, I've got the top eight, which I think is pretty consensus on who, who the top eight is. I've got John wall. I've got LeBron. I've got the Marcus cousins. I've got Chris Paul at Damian Lillard, and I got Jimmy
0: Butler all over him. So that puts him fifteenth. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, uh, but I have to, I'm not going to disagree fully. I think you if... can definitely make a case for LeBron James. I think you can definitely make a case for Chris Paul. I can, even think you can make a case for Demarcus Cousins because I have a soft spot for Demarcus Cousins, but Nikola Jokic is a, is a, is a nine cat, just a, kind of an amazing tool to build a team around if you can get him in that in the, in that late first round.
1: He's a nine cat. Yes, I have him over LeBron. I have him close to my top ten and nine cat. In eight cat though, he's fifteenth for me.
0: I don't really take him down too many pigs in, in eight cat either. Um, his turnovers aren't incredibly low um, they're they're low enough right for but for a center they're they're not Anthony Davis low but his percentages are incredibly good he's going to probably play in I think incredibly well with uh, Paul Millsap sitting there we can get into Paul Millsap here in a little bit but those two guys can pass really well and I, I think that's going to help both of, of their um, production He's only 22. He has room for improvement. He, you, you've seen him improve. He is known to get triple doubles from the center position, which is which is pretty rare. He's a steel block guy. I'm just now, not see, sure what that, I'm just that, not sure what he does that doesn't warrant a, a, a first round, a late first round pick.
1: That's if it was a steal and a block, I would be more into it. But I don't know that it's much more than that. Point eight it was last year. You got to think that they're going to let Millsap do a little bit more of the rim protecting. I don't think Jokic is a great defender in real life. I just really don't. That,
0: this is your best. This is your best argument. Um, if you're looking at his steel block, they are around one. They are not one and a half, which is which is significant in both of those categories. A half a game more is, is incredibly significant in those low count stats of steals and blocks. When you look at him and you look at LeBron, LeBron's percentages uh, for free throw are worse, right? His turnovers are worse, right? But he's going to score way more. LeBron's going to score way more. He's not going to give you as many rebounds, but who cares? He's going to give you more, th- LeBron's going to give you more threes. So if you want to make an argument for LeBron over Jokic, that is, I think that's where you lie Well, what is his elite category, too? I mean, they're very similar players. And so, if you're going to say LeBron's a top 10 player, I think you can make an argument that uh, Jokic is a top 10 player.
1: I guess the way I'm looking at it is his really only elite category is rebounds. He's going to get like 10 rebounds a game,
0: which is rare. I think he's, I think, pushing that up a little bit. But um, anyone who gets double digit rebounds is is pretty rare.
1: It's it's getting more and more rare. I will give you that. But. I mean, like, okay, the five assists are good for a center, but they're not elite when you're talking about, I mean, we got a guy like John Wall over him. He's going to get 10 assists a game. That's double the amount.
0: Six assists a game is elite for a center. And you can go, theoretically, Jokic well back-to-back and not worry about your assists at all for the, for the rest of your draft.
1: Yeah, but then you're making him a second-round pick. But you're just telling me he's got to be a first-round pick.
0: I think you can take him in the first round. If he, if you're taking him, if you're in a ten-team league, Jokic, Wall, Wall, Jokic, whatever, 10, eleven.
1: I think you're just drinking the Kool-Aid. You're, you're assuming that I'm he's it. gonna, he's gonna take this big step forward, and I don't know that he is.
0: Well, let's put uh, we gotta, we gotta actually get a board. Uh, we'll put Jokic on the board. Uh, give me, give me an over/under of a of eleven.
1: I mean, I'll take that. I mean, I like I said, I okay. have him at fifteen. I, I just I'm taking that over.
0: So let's 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 look at the rest of this team. I, I think there's just not a, a super strong disagreement, but a, a disagreement on Jokic. Um, but Paul Millsap, I think, like I said, one of the more interesting pieces on this on this team. He's coming off what Paul Millsap fans would call. A disappointing season, and I would I would consider myself a Paul Millsap fan. A guy who has finished in the top 20 consistently. But, but what was really super disappointing about it? Other than the steal and the
1: block numbers being down, like...
0: Well, significantly I mean, down.
1: And And I'll give you that. Well, the blocks really weren't, though. I mean, he had an amazing block season the year before, but the blocks were within the totals of every other year that's, that he's that's had. Fair. That's fair. So the blocks really weren't the steals were significantly down. The steals were down about a half a steal a game, which is a lot. I mean, you just said that's a lot. But I mean, the rebounds were relatively right in there where they've been for a while. The assists were up. I mean, they're the most he's ever had. The points were the most he's ever had. Now the percentages stunk. I'll give you that. Yeah, but-
0: his, shoot, his shooting got worse, and that was a, a bit disappointing. Um, I think I think you're onto the onto the key to Paul Millsap, is that he is one of those players where everything has to go right to go right. And there's a lot of those guys in the, in fantasy basketball, especially like one of my favorite uh, examples is Nick Batum. Everything's kind of got to go right for him to because, be uh, a top player. And
1: let's say why that is. It's because these guys don't have any elite categories. There's no category that's separating them that's saying, this guy's awesome in yeah. X.
0: They live it's, on the margins. And, right. and that's fair because – Millsap usually lives right above the margins and is good at a, at a couple of the rare stats and that's always propelled him into, into a top 20 spot. Um, I'm going to, I'll just say I don't think he's going to be top 20 this year, but I definitely think he's going to be sing- I'd say better, maybe not significantly better, but better than he was last year.
1: Okay. So um I don't care. 10, 12, team league doesn't really matter.
0: What round do you have him in? That's that's an excellent question. Paul Millsap, how much do I like you? I got him in my third, which is the first time I can say that in a while.
1: And I think he might even go in a fourth. Like, I think I might own Paul Millsap a a decent bit. I think people keep saying about this down year, this down year, this down year. Like, I, I don't really see that it was that down. And I think with playing with Jokic and some of these guys on Denver and this kind of exciting young team, I think Millsap could kind of take a
0: big leap up back to kind of where he was And that. I, I think playing on this team helps him because he, that's where he has Definitely had his most success was those Al Horford years um, where he was not the primary ball hand or the primary big, sorry, not the primary ball handler. I got him in my mid
1: thirties though. I mean, like, I am fine with him in the mid third round.
0: Yeah. I guess I I, I guess I'm not going to reach into the second round for him. Maybe I don't it's... know why you would. There's an, there's too many good players to reach into the second round for someone like Paul Millsap. Too many guys with upside. I would probably put him very solidly in the middle of my third round.
1: That's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I think we're we're looking at this pretty much the same. Um I think the points go down a little bit, probably closer to 17 again. Um, but I, I think he kind of has a bounce back here everywhere else. I think the percentages are better, and he's just the same old Paul Millsap.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to help to play on a on a team where you give it give a crap, and the team is is looking good. That Atlanta team really really crapped the bed last year, and um, I can understand why uh, someone like Paul Millsap would not want to down the stretch really uh give it his all and that's that's fine people have the the right to do that uh, on this team is a, di- a completely different story so who who else on this team let's let's talk about the guy you mentioned jamal murray why do you like jamal murray so much
1: um i just think that they're gonna make him they're gonna at least try to make him the lead ball handler and are
0: you trying you try, are you trying to say the emmanuel moodier era is over
1: I mean, I think they pretty much signaled that at the end of last year when Moody was not really playing a whole ton. And
0: I mean, the starting
1: starting point guard on any team is going to be fantasy relevant. I don't know that he's actually a point guard in the sense that I think he's more of a. But they have so many other ball handlers, like Millsap can handle the ball. Jokic can handle the ball. I mean, they got other guys that are going to handle the ball. Yeah.
0: And I think that's why this works, right? And I think that's why Jamal Murray will play close to starter's minutes, if not starter's minutes. Simple because even if he's not a point guard, they are on a team with a lot of guys who can can facilitate the offense. Uh, Jokic being one of them, which helps Jokic, in fact, become the ball facilitator, increasing his assists. Uh, Paul Millsap, like you said, can 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 throw assists around as well. But is there anything Jamal Murray really does fantasy wise that gets you excited though? I understand that he's going. If, if he's going to be a starting point guard, he is interesting, right? To a, to a certain extent, but I'm not. I'm not really seeing anything in his game that makes me think he could be a breakout type player.
1: I'm with you in that sense, and, and if he's going high, I'm not super on board. Um, if you look at Mark's rankings, though, and I mean, I, I can read you the stats if you want. He's ranked 91st, and none of the stats really jump off the page. Either.
0: Yeah, like I, I kind of like in my in the back of my mind, I'm like thinking Jamal Murray. Okay, what what did I think he did fairly well last year? And I was like, well, I think he was probably pretty good at steals, right? And now I go look out here, and he's like, mm, you know, when he was averaging more minutes a game, he was breaking one steal, you know, just a, just barely. That's it. He's points and threes and, and a steal, and not, that's... not not terribly great. He's not a great shooter. Um, he's at least shooting some hitting threes, even though he's not a great uh, percentage wise but yeah like if he but, doesn't start to cultivate point guard like tendencies when it comes to assists then i don't know how much he's going to be worth fantasy wise so where 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 are you where do you want him
1: it's a it's a mike only draft where's mike taking oh, man
0: those are my favorite drafts i usually jamal do murray. Really well. i usually do really well in the mike only leagues um oh jamal murray you know what I guess I'm a little higher on Jamal Murray than I, I thought I was. Maybe I'd probably take him in the night in the eight or eight, maybe eighth round at the highest if I was feeling, if I was feeling, if I was feeling good. But and that's, uh, most likely the ninth round.
1: And and that's it. In the shallower league, I'm I'm probably more willing to jump on him in the, in the eighth round in the sense that I think he's one of those guys who could take a leap forward.
0: And um, I would actually say here here's why because there are some guys we've talked about who are young and are going to get a chance this year, but they really haven't shown anything. But when you go back and start looking at the game logs from Jamal Murray, here's, here's why you should get excited. Um, there was a, a, a night that in th- less than 30 minutes, barely less than 30 minutes, uh, 22 points, five three-pointers, three assists, two steals, and a block. Oh, this dude can ball, man. This dude can shoot. Yeah. He's, he's a baller. Um, and so, so that breakout potential is there. He's only 20 years old. He has had a 10-assist game. Um, I think he, he's a top 100 he, player. He does rebound. Yeah, I, I think he's a top 100 player too. And I, but, I, I like his opportunity and upside enough to, to 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 reach for him up in that eighth round.
1: But I don't – and I'm going to caution people on this. I think some people are reaching for him like at 70, 75. Like I, I think that might be a
0: – And that might be what you have to do if – depend on where you're positioned in your draft. And if you believe in him that mm-hmm. much, then I'm going to, I'm going to actually go uh, against my usual advice and say more power to you. Uh, but you're getting him at his probable ceiling. So that's usually not the best move. And
1: and here's the kind of my caution. I think that's where he's going now. I think that this guy's going to be a hype train guy. And I could see oh. him like going at like 50 by the politics, end.
0: All it takes is one good preseason game, doesn't it?
1: Right. And then like at that point, like if if you're picking him near the top fifty, like I think his ceiling is about number 50. So I am I'm not on board at picking him at 50.
0: Yeah, I would I would not no. I would not venture into taking him 50. I'd actually take another player on this team, a little bit closer to 50. And that man is not named Will Barton, even though I love Will Barton, and I think he's a very good fantasy player. And I think oh, you, come on now, he's bad, at, he's bad. He's bad at basketball.
1: Now, come on, you uh, know this. Being he,
0: bad at basketball, you know this story. A, he is a um, a toaster esque hot streak shooter that can come off the bench on any team in this league. But I'm not here to defend. We got to get Will Mark on. Barton. He'll he'll defend me on this one. I know you two really hate Will Barton, even though. Um, for a brief period of time, Will Barton was the superior player. We are talking, actually, uh, instead about Mr. Gary Harris. Uh, how how excited are you about Gary Harris this year? I'm always going to be a big Gary Harris fan.
1: Uh, and, and that was even in Gary Harris' rookie year when he was 20 years old, I was championing for him over Will Barton. Um,
0: even though Will I, Barton was just lighting it up, just couldn't miss. <laughs>
1: Well, Will Barton had a crazy hot streak there for a hot minute. I mean, I'll give you credit for that. Uh, yeah, I like, I like Gary Harris. I like Gary Harris as a top 75 player this year. Um, I think he does a little bit of everything. The blocks, I wish he'd block a shot. That's the only thing I can complain about. Um, other than that, I, I kind of like – I mean, he shot 50% last year. You know that? 50% from the field. Can you believe that?
0: Uh, that's pretty crazy. I don't know, honestly. I don't I think that's watch a lot of Denver, so I don't know how that happened. But I think the guy's figuring it out. He's also incredibly young. He's 23 years old. Um, He's similar to Jamal Murray in the fact that he doesn't do anything uh, elite in the sense that he doesn't get like elite assists or elite threes or elite steals. But with the percentages there, the fact that he's definitely getting the opportunity, and the fact that he's consistently improved every single year in the league, there is a reason to take him closer to to in that sixty seventy range, or even even closer to fifty, um, and definitely over, Jamal Murray.
1: Yeah, um, and, and if you if you're just looking at the rankings on hashtag basketball, um, I think I'd take him over Pau Gasol. I'd take him over Malcolm Brogdon. Those are just a couple guys ranked just like right ahead of him there. That I, I think I'd rather have Gary Harris than.
0: Himself. Oh, definitely. And if you're in a if you're in a Nine Cat League. If you're in a Roto League, uh, the guy doesn't turn the ball over. It's incredible. Uh, he 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 helps you you bump him up, uh, around at least because of that uh that turnover rate. So yeah,
1: I'm a, I'm a big Gary Harris fan. I will have Gary Harris on a number of my teams this year. I would guess.
0: I think so too. Uh, when you look at ESPN and Yahoo, they have him ranked. Um, actually, I don't know about ESPN, but I know in Yahoo. I think they have him and Jamal Murray ranked uh, absurdly low. and They're Denver haters, man. Yeah. I don't know why, because a lot of the mock drafts I've been doing over at Yahoo, I've seemed to always get Gary Harris and then Jamal Murray incredibly late. And like we've said in the past, those those mock drafts are usually filled with auto-drafters or – People who aren't really maybe taking the the mock drafts incredibly seriously, uh, so do do be sure to take that. No, in your real draft, all it takes is one one guy to like Gary Harris in the sixth round, and he's not dropping you to you in the ninth. No doubt about that. Is there anyone else on this team that you uh, that you enjoy that you think is a is a kind of a fantasy stud or any anyone um, maybe for bigger leagues or dynasty leagues?
1: I'm gonna do my deep league special on Wilson Chandler.
0: Oh, I don't know if you have
1: to go that deep for to make Wilson Chandler that interesting. Um, I always think Wilson Chandler is underrated, and then, and. In in a 10-team league, I would say I like to stream him in a 12-team league. I actually think he's worth being owned a lot of times. Um, I love picking him in a 14- or 16-team league because I always think people sleep on him. He's always good for like 13 points, maybe even a little bit more, which doesn't sound phenomenal. When you're talking a bigger league where those guys own to score like 7 points a game, like P.J. Tucker or Danny Green... 13 points is a lot of points. Uh, he's going to give you some rebounds, he's going to give you some threes. The percentages aren't horrendous. I'm always kind of a fan of Wilson Chandler. He's a he's a deep league special for me where I own him in a lot of my 14-16 team leagues.
0: Yeah, he's not a sexy name and he's had like a little bit of an injury history that I I don't think is going to crop up or anything like that. He doesn't do anything flashy. He doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't put down stat lines that will blow your mind but even in in, like you're saying in standard leagues he's into the bench streamable value he his upside isn't there um that i mean that is his upside is into the bench streamable value but i think a lot of people like you're saying overlook the boring names at the end of a draft and and shoot big for the you know the john collinses of the world on a uh, who Sure, or, could break out, right? But maybe that guy only plays 15 minutes a game the whole season.
1: Oh, and two guys I've been seeing are Garrett Allen uh, and the guy for your Bulls, Lori marketing It's like are either one of those two. I mean, they're both a little undersized still. They're, I mean, I'm just not seeing a huge I mean, breakout, especially early on in the season. Like I'm gonna get two good months of Wilson Chandler where he's actually helping my team. Whereas I think those two guys are going to be actively
0: hurting your team for those first two months of the season. Yeah. Like Lowry market. And uh, am I interested in a Ryan Anderson esque type player? Yeah, of course I am. Except for Lori marketing is a rookie whose ceiling is probably Ryan Anderson and he's going to play like 22 minutes a game. So Wilson Chandler, 30 minutes a game. Uh, and also probably, a little bit more open and a little bit better now that they have Paul Millsap, and they figure the rotation out and they're not looking at Emmanuel Moutier at all. Um, man, that's really sad. It's, I don't know if it's sad about Emmanuel Moutier because he looked like trash, but pff, I mean, do you even think he can, he's going to average more than 15 minutes a game next year? No. Oof, that's, that's brutal. Um. We did talk a little bit about Mason Plumlee, but that's probably for your deep, deep leagues.
1: Yeah, and I don't think he gets traded now. I mean, I think he's just – he's – I could see Jokic being like 30 and him being 18. And it's hard to own someone who's playing 18 minutes a
0: game. I, I completely agree. Let's uh, Let's move on to a team that we did mention with the dirtiest player in the league on their team. That is the Houston Rockets. They picked up – Obviously, if you oh, were no, no, alive, yeah. I think they have this year Tracy McGrady Yao Ming. They're coming back at, on a reunion tour. Um, but if you were alive this, um, this summer and you were barely on Twitter or even just around people on Twitter, you probably heard that um, Chris Paul from the Clippers is going to be the starting point guard on this team. They did lose uh, in that trade Patrick Beverly, Sam Decker, Montrez Har- Harrell, and a, a, a Lou Williams and a hodgepodge of people I will never talk about. What is the most interesting thing on this team? I think I think we I think I know what it is, but 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 tell me, what is the most interesting thing on the Houston Rockets?
1: What is the most interesting thing on the Houston Rockets? Well, I mean, for fantasy or I mean, for,
0: for fantasy. I mean, yes, for fantasy. Because I, I, I think I know what it is.
1: Well, I mean, I think we had this discussion when the trade happened, it's, right? It's
0: P, it's PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker is the most interesting thing.
1: <laughs> PJ Tucker in a seven points a game.
0: I love oh, PJ Tucker. God.
1: Um, I think we talked about the most interesting thing when the trade went down is just how does the the dynamic change for Harden in the sense that he's going to have the ball in his hands a little bit less, and how do could they be the first team ever with two guys averaging 10 assists? That's really the question.
0: Yeah, and I if, if you want to do the over-under there, I'm, I'm going to take the under. Uh, I think that's incredibly hard to do, but if there's a team that can do it, it's them. I look at um, the ridiculous stuff that James Harden did last year, and I think a lot of people are going to be off of James Harden. They're going to look, oh, Chris Paul, Chris – Chris Paul is, is going to carry the ball too much. So uh, James Harden's not going to be that, that good this year. And the, people are going to say the same thing for Chris Paul. And I think both of those opinions are incorrect. I think there is no reason, especially in a head-to-head league. I'm not really sure there, there there's a reason to take James Harden outside of the top five or six. I mean, you could probably make an argument. And I think also Chris Paul... You could make an argument for him in the same place you could take uh, Jokic um, or LeBron James even. You could take him at 9. Uh, you could take him at 11. You could take him at 12. He He's going to continue to bring the value uh, that he did with the Clippers, and the number one reason for all that, even though he's going to be sharing the ball with James Harden, is Mr. D'Antoni.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to run that crazy run and shoot, whatever you want to call that offense. Um, Lots of threes, lots of fast pace, lots of go, 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 go. Um, I I mean, like you said, it's impossible not to love these two guys. I mean, if if Chris Paul slips out of the top 15 in your draft, you're doing it wrong. And if James Harden's not a top five pick, I think you're doing it wrong. So, I mean, they're obviously just studs. I mean, I don't know what else there is to say, really.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't want to belabor the point, but I think a lot of people are off on, um, on on negating these two players. I think Chris Paul dropped actually fairly far in some mock drafts, and don't eight, don't let him
1: eight category league James Harden number one pick.
0: Mm, man, that is that's a good um, it's a good question. I, I'm gonna go no.
1: Who you going for? Who you got? Who's your man?
0: Oh, man, I, I'm going with KD as the number one pick in any league.
1: Oh, I like that. That's that's interesting. Interesting.
0: I think KD um, is your number one pick in any league. You can build anything around him. Uh, if you take James Harden number one, I'm I, I, I that's great. Do it. I, I, I can, I can see any, I can see an argument for it, right? I can also see an argument for Russ or even, um, Steph, Steph Curry.
1: That's honestly who I think I might take in an A category league is
0: Steph Curry. I love Steph Curry. I think people are going to be sleeping on Steph Curry. Steph Curry is is slipping down uh, in drafts because they're just sexier names like Giannis and and Carleton Towns, and man, uh, Steph Curry could easily finish over both of those
1: guys. Well, and I mean, I just feel like that top eight, though, is just like so fungible this year. Just so, I mean, like, if I took any one of those guys at one or eight, I, I really wouldn't say like, oh, that's a mistake. I mean, like all eight: Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Giannis, Carl Anthony Towns, Russell Westbrook, Curry, Harden. Like all those guys. I mean, wouldn't you feel great about having any one of those guys to start your team?
0: One hundred percent, and that's and that's why we are kind of encouraging people to, if you do get to pick where you draft, picking in that seven or eight spot, just take what you and take, whatever you get. Who cares? Yeah, and you get a a second,
1: you get a a better second round pick.
0: Yeah, kind of a significantly. Better second round pick. You could end up with someone like John Wall instead of Mike Connolly.
1: Yeah, or you know, I mean, even Hassan Whiteside or Kemba Walker, someone like that. Kyle Lowry. I mean, I'd much rather have John Wall than than Kemba Walker or Kyle Lowry.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's it's, it's a really interesting year, and um, my only argument would be that if you really want to rank the top eight, which we will be doing in a future episode when we uh, go through some of the, uh, the players in the first round and how build, to build teams around these guys. Um, I think we're going to have to go ahead and, and give a definitive top eight. But um, if you can fall back on anything, is that James Harden has done it before. He, his ceiling is all the way up there, while you know guys like Giannis and Karl Anthony Towns, they, they could do it, right? And, well, but James you, Harden's done it.
1: You bring up my point. My top four... Are probably Harden, Curry, Westbrook, and Durant—the four a, guys who have been the number one guy—have
0: been the a Great way of looking at it. Like, what's could Steph Curry suddenly be Steph Curry of two years ago? The potential is actually there. I don't know the percentage of the chance of it happening. I think is is not terribly great, but it could happen.
1: And I think there's just a lot of safety in Curry in the sense that you're gonna get awesome points, you're gonna get awesome three pointers, you're gonna get awesome steals, you're gonna get some pretty decent assists. Yeah, you're gonna get some rebounds, some and you're gonna get great percentages. Like if you I take Curry
0: over number one overall, great, good on you. Probably a smart move.
1: And and so that that's where I'm at though. I, I want that safety in that top four or five over... I mean, like, yeah, okay, Giannis could be it, and Giannis is never going to be that. I mean, like, barring a catastrophic injury, he's going to be a top-ten player, I think. But, I mean, Middleton's back this year, which could take away some of his scoring a little bit. I mean, I think Middleton's a great player. I think Middleton's a really underrated player. And Giannis doesn't really give you any threes, which, in a league with a ton of threes, is okay, but, I mean, because you can make it up, but it also hurts his value even more that like half a three a game he's going to get you. And I mean, I just, I want someone who's done it over someone who hasn't.
0: Yeah. That, that actually could be a significantly big deal when it comes to overall nine cat, um, or even eight cat rankings when it comes to Giannis that people might be overlooking. Um, but with James Harden going in the first round, Chris Paul, probably going at the beginning of your second round. If not, um, Late in the first round, if twelve
1: team if league, I'd have him in, in the first round.
0: I, I would too, hundred percent. If you can get Chris Paul, um, back to back with your picks and, and coming out of that second round, I mean, I think you're set. Um, let's look at the rest of this team though. With those two guys being far and above the the best fancy players on this team, I think there's still a few more uh, fancy players on this team. And one of the players I think we both like. Uh, I think he's a little underrated as Clint Capella. Oh,
1: uh, the Clint! I mean, I'm a big fan. Um, this is a, a Mark Roberts special. Mark Roberts has been touting
0: this guy since he came out of the womb. I think. And Mark, Mark knows his uh, his young talent. I, I I've always seemed to agree with him on a uh, on a young prospect, uh, other than uh, his opinion on Will Barton. But Clint Capella is, is is kind of primed to to have a nice little year here. Um, the injuries are, are are maybe a little bit of a worry
1: here. Um definitely in the sense that he played seventy-seven two years ago, only sixty five last year. Uh he only played twelve as a rookie, but I don't know that was t- injuries. That was a little bit more towards I don't think he was a big part of the rotation and he was only twenty years old. Uh, he had a nice little breakout year last year though, eight rebounds, twelve and a half points, um one point two blocks, which is, is sexy. Um in only twenty four minutes. You gotta think he gets a little bit more than that this year. And that could look like a real sexy stat line with some real big rebounds.
0: Yeah, not, not only that, um, he's not going to be running the pick and roll with James Harden. He's going to be running the pick and roll with James Harden and Chris Paul. And Chris Paul, if anything, knows how to find someone on a pick and roll. Um, that's legitimately um, why he is going to be uh, a Hall of Famer. And Clint Capella is going to be the, the, the beneficiary of how good Chris Paul is. So you can see those points kind of move up a little bit. Uh, a few more minutes might be in a little bit more rebounds. There's, there's not a ton. Of... He could be
1: in the running for best field goal percentage too.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. He he easily could because I think Chris um, Paul
1: only bumps your field goal percentage for the most part. And... Yeah, I think that's
0: statistically been proven. <laughs> so, um, the yeah the thing the thing I'm going to mention though here is that his counting his you know he's only getting a half a steal a game. An assist. His blocks aren't like world beater numbers. And he's definitely not going to get you any threes, and so he's not someone we're we're saying go out and, and reach for him in the in the third round or even the fourth round. Um, the, though you know maybe you can be talked into that. But this is a guy who's being overlooked, who you could probably get in one of the uh, in the later half of your draft. What are his He's going to much better. Um,
1: Do you know of him because I mean we discussed this when mark was on that he was kind of one of the guys mark had i think um rated a lot better than where he was going and and Mark kind of talked us down off that and said he was going a little higher than we thought and i I don't think he is i in the, the mocks I've done he's going i mean I'm picking him a lot of time in like the seventies or eighties,
0: yeah, I'm one hundred percent getting him in my in my mock drafts um incredibly late. let me go out to Yahoo. And do um, a little recon. So,
1: so as you do that, I'll, I will say that Mark has him 59th in his rankings in only twenty six minutes a game. I think that that's a pretty safe bet that he gets twenty six minutes. Um, I don't, maybe he doesn't get a ton more than that, but I mean twenty six minutes is not a ton of minutes. He got twenty four last year. Uh, the fouls are an issue. This is another guy who who never met a foul that he didn't like. Um. But big rebounds, some decent points, a great field goal percentage to boost you up. I mean, I could see him being a top 60 player easily.
0: He, he is being picked at the 71st pick, which would be in a 10 team and in the 8th round, so near the end of the mid-late 7th round. Uh, some of the names you are seeing there is actually one of his teammates, Trevor Ariza, which is a little surprising, I think. Um, other names you're seeing there for God knows what reason is uh, Jay Crowder, <laughs> um, Jabari Parker, Julius Randall, Wait, Jonas Jabari, Valachunas. The, the injured Jabari Parker? The injured Jabari Parker. Um, kind of proving that these Yahoo rankings are uh, incredibly skewed. A lot, Most of the mock drafts I play by pick 70, uh, most people have pieced out. I don't understand why people are, are doing that, but nevertheless, that is what's going on. But I think you're kind of getting the picture. Is that Yahoo has him ranked lower, um, and and getting him in the in the sixth round or even the seventh round would be a, a great pickup, I, I believe. Especially if you're if you didn't get any of those uh, monster centers, um, or as just your secondary center, and coming and coming down the the second half of the draft. The one
1: caution in Roto would be as you said, the no threes and the bad, very bad free throw percentage. I mean,
0: he's probably going to shoot less than 50% from the free throw line. Oh, definitely. And I, I don't think the volume's going to d- destroy your team, but uh, that is something to be aware of. Um, let's go into the other guy I think is fantasy relevant, is Trevor Riza. Trevor Riza had, had a very good year, but this is a different uh, team going into this year. Always
1: no. underrated, though, and never oh, going to have God. a high usage rate. So what, I mean, I think Trevor Riza could do Trevor Reza things because Trevor Riza doesn't use the ball a ton.
0: Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm actually, I, I'm surprised um, uh, some, uh, for some of the, the places I've been looking at um, kind of are down on Trevor Riza this year. And I don't, I don't know how Trevor Riza isn't just, like you said, Trevor Riza. He is an elite steals guy. He hits threes at a fairly good clip. He does not take a lot of shots even though he shoots pretty poorly. He does not get to the free throw line, even though he shoots kind of poorly. Well, he does never turns the damn ball over.
1: Here's here's where I keep hearing the people that are down on too is like, oh, he's not gonna get as many touches with Harden and and Paul and the team. And, what, and what are those
0: two what do you what are those two guys like to do? Dude, what he stands the, to do?
1: He stays in the corner and spots up. Usage rate, usage percentage last season per basketball reference. And you want to guess what it was?
0: Uh, I, would, I would guess definitely over 70%. <laughs> I don't know. That might be aggressive. Maybe definitely over 50%. What? He was 14%. Oh, I thought you meant how many of his possessions were catch and shoot in the corner or catch no, and shoot no, no, for no. three.
1: How many, like usage, like so his usage rate basically
0: oh, 14%. That's a different question. Of the percent
1: of the ones he was on the court. I don't know. What was it? 14%. You can't tell me this guy's not going to get fourteen percent of the the offense when he's on the court. Uh,
0: that's I, I'm going to go out there and say it's um he's going to get more than that. Um, like 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 we were just saying, could this be the first time two people on the same team average ten assists a game? You know how that's going to happen, Trevor Ariza hitting shots.
1: Yeah, so a sexy two and a half three pointers, I could easily see that. Twelve points, it. two two steals a game, pretty close. I mean. Yeah, I'm going to be on some Trevor Reese this year for
0: I certain. think people are out on Trevor Riza. I think he is what he is at worst. He is what he was last year. Uh, kind of bad percentages, but a guy who like I'm sorry, a guy who's getting around two steals a game should should go in the first eight rounds. Well,
1: and this is 100%. the this is the, the Ricky Rubio thing we talk about. I mean, anytime a guy with two steals a game goes after pick 50.
0: Screw it. Per si- first six rounds. Yeah. I'm I'm moving him up. I'm moving Trevor Reese up.
1: Yeah, no. Um, I love Trevor Reza. I'm going to be on him definitely.
0: Both show. Sure. This is the, the, the Trevor Reza podcast uh, from here on out. The rest of this team, they did lose some minutes that need to be distributed. Um, you have guys like Eric Gordon, PJ Tucker.
1: Eric Gordon, points and threes only, basically, a little bit of a sis.
0: Yeah. yeah, Ryan Anderson. Yeah. Are any of these guys the relevant? I mean,
1: Eric Gordon's probably pretty close to being owned in a standard league. I would think
0: he hits threes at a great clip, and I think we 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 just got done, um, just you know, stroking off Trevor Ariza. And um, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to say, say the same things for Eric Gordon. Not in the sense that he gets elite steals, but in the sense that he is going to be more open. He's going to hit more threes, and if that's the case, Eric Gordon should be. You know, just as good as last year. All right. So, I mean, I, I think he's back-end
1: relevant there. Um, P.J. Tucker, probably the same thing. And P.J. Tucker might even be a little bit more in the streaming sense. Um, good steals for someone you're going to get that late. Good rebounds. Not a lot else. Um, yeah,
0: P.J. Tucker's not a sexy name, but he does the he, – he puts in the work uh, where it matters. A handful of rebounds here, a handful of steals there. Um, I'm not like super excited about him in a, in a standard league. I'd much rather have, uh, someone, especially in head to head, like Eric Gordon.
1: Um, oh, he's a stream guy for me in, in a head to head. I got him in my
0: bench, You know, I got him on my bench hundred percent. He's, he's not on a waiver, uh, even in like a 10 team league, because those three threes a game, uh, really do pay. Not not right.
1: Eric Gordon. I'm talking PJ Tucker. Oh, PJ Tucker.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, Eric I was, Gordon is
1: I is probably a bench guy in a head to head league. Maybe your 10th starter. What about Ryan Anderson. He's probably a stream guy in a, a ten
0: for me. Um, another one of those guys who's kind of a one-trick pony, but that's this entire, you know, most of this well, entire team. And, has and the thing accounts. that
1: I don't want to own Ryan Anderson for is he's got three pretty heavy negative categories in the sense he's going to get you no steals, no blocks, and not really many assists. Plus, he's got a bad field goal percentage. It's just like, I mean, I just...
0: That, that kills you head-to-head and Roto, just not getting anything from those categories.
1: Yeah, so he's more of a stream guy for me in the sense that, like, if I need a three boost and a little bit of points, I'll probably pick him up. But if I don't, I won't.
0: Yeah, if you're in a 12-team league, I can see someone keeping him on their bench depending on their build. If Fair they play to
1: them, they can have him.
0: Yeah, and and if that's the, the case, then good for them. Uh, any young guys or anyone else on this team worth talking about? No. Nope. Perfect. Um, uh, let's go ahead and do one more. Let's, let's, let's throw, uh, are you feeling, are you feeling frisky, or should we, we save the rest for next time? Uh, we can do one more. It's fine. All right, let's do it. Let's, uh, let's go crazy for the third team. Your Minnesota Timberwolves. Chicago
1: Bulls West, man.
0: The Chicago Bulls, uh, the team that I wish existed in Chicago, the team that theoretically could have existed in Chicago, <laughs> I can't wait to watch far too many T-Wolves games and go see them live at the United Center. Let's uh, let's jump right into it. What is the most interesting thing on the Minnesota Triple Bowl? This is the
1: easiest team in the league to figure out if you ask me.
0: Wow. Just throwing it out there. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to disagree. Go, go right ahead.
1: That, got, they got six guys that they're going to play that are going to be standardly relevant and one maybe guy on the fringe. And that's it. That's all they're going to do. It's Tom Thibodeau. He's going to give everybody 1,000 minutes, and they're going to be super
0: easy to figure out. And that is why it is so satisfying as a fantasy player to see Tom Thibodeau as a coach instead of someone like Scott Skiles Um, because you know what the rotation is going to be. You're going to get heavy minutes from your starters, and you're going to get borderline embarrassing minutes for your bench players, and they're never going to pan out. Um, So it's frustrating if you have someone on the bench who you wish saw more minutes. But you really – you don't have to wait for a preseason to know the rotation here. Carl Anthony Towns is going to be probably a top five player. Um, Jimmy Butler is – personally, I think he's going to be better than he was last year simply because there is more talent around him and even though the shooting isn't lights out around him, um, try to to tell me that Jeff Teague isn't a better shooter than – every single guard on the Chicago Bulls last year. I got him 13th in, in a cap. That's where I want him. 13th. yeah Wait, Jeff Teague? No, oh, Jimmy Butler. I was going to say, what are you talking about? Yeah. Jimmy Butler at uh, 13th. I could uh, hundred, a uh, hundred percent. I'd take him at 13. I, I mean, I, I, I think it, 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 you, once you start talking about Chris Paul, I mean, there are a ton, a ton of really good guys. So saying thirteen isn't an insult. That's that's that means he is the number one out of the third tier or the very last second tier player. Which yeah,
1: no, and I was I was telling this to someone. I did a mock draft, and, and and this was when everyone was still around. He fell to me at pick twenty.
0: I was that's, shocked. That's drunken nonsense. Um, go out and you look at uh, Jimmy Butler's usage rate. Everyone thinks he's not going to get as much play here. I completely disagree. I think he's kind of going to run the he's going to run the team. He's Jimmy Butler. Um, the maybe guy he who... sees a few few less possessions, but why would you want to give a few less possessions to Jimmy Butler and then go look at what he did with a against defenses that were primed to collapse on him? Like some of these defenses weren't even like f- five six feet within the, the player who's on the perimeter because that guy couldn't shoot. You know who could shoot on this team? Jeff Teague. Car Anthony Towns as a center. Imagine that pick and roll, Jimmy Butler, Car Anthony Towns. I just, I just think Jimmy Butler makes this team so much better, and that at the very worst, Jimmy Butler will be as good as he was last year.
1: I'm with you, and, and if anything, I think the guy who takes the hit to Wiggins, it's not Butler.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't want uh, Butler running the team. Uh, Jeff Teague, who I think we we both agree will take a little bit of a hit here, but I don't know if if people are. Two out on Jeff Teague is that is that possible?
1: Oh, oh, they're two out on Jeff
0: Teague. Definitely, I think I think I'm starting to see some value here. I, I think the consensus around the around the fantasy basketball analysis community, which is a, a bunch of guys who cannot play basketball, um, that Jeff Teague is going to completely drop off going to Minnesota with all those uh, different guys who are going to need the ball in their hands. And his assists are going to fall off. And he's just not going to be as good. And you're starting to see people drop him out of the top 50, the top 60. Oh, that's just crazy talk for me. That's just crazy talk. Uh, I agree with the synopsis that, you know, he's going to get a few less touches. He's probably going to get a few less assists. That's probably true. But he's still an incredibly good point guard who's going to play a lot of minutes in Minnesota.
1: He's closer to my top 30 than my top 50.
0: Oh, you're, you are really in on Jeff Teague.
1: Well, okay. Who would you rather have, Drew Holiday or Jeff
0: Teague? Oof, I, I actually think that is is probably where I'm, I'm, I'm looking at him. And in a pinch, um, probably Jeff Teague. And, and
1: that's where I'm at. And I think Drew Holiday is probably pretty damn close to a top 40 player.
0: I mean, what's what's Drew Holiday doing that Jeff Teague isn't doing?
1: Nothing, and Jeff Teague's probably doing most of it steel. a little bit.
0: Steel, like a little extra steel.
1: Yeah, I mean, better percentages, I think, from Teague. they are a lot; they're pretty even in a lot of categories. Um,
0: I, I think that was a, a, very, good, um, a very good, a very good dart to 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 measure. Uh, jeff teague is, is is drew holiday you know those so are if, incredibly similar players and you're hearing a lot of a lot of people on drew holiday and yeah dennis it's schroeder like and all these top
1: 35 tracks. top 40 player and it's like whoa how is jeff teague not right in there like if, if if jeff teague is hanging around your draft after pick 50 and you don't take him i think you've been drinking the kool-aid my friends
0: well, let, let's do it who would you rather have um dennis schroeder or jeff teague
1: I would personally probably rather have Jeff Teague. I could see the case for Schroeder if you think he's going to score the 20 points. Um, but I would I'd probably rather have Jeff Teague. That might sound crazy. Ru- I got I, Rubio over both, uh, which also may sound crazy. But I'm kind of high on Rubio this year. I
0: don't think that's that, that crazy. I, I, I think you might be over selling Rubio a little bit. Um, but um,
1: – I think Rubio can is, is average Rubio,
0: – Is Rubio being sold too high and Jeff – Teague being sold too low.
1: If you're telling me I can have Jeff Teague at pick 50 or Rubio at pick 30, I'm taking Jeff Teague.
0: All right. What's I'm if sorry. I told you you get a choice between Ricky Rubio and Dennis, well, not not sure. You just said you'd rather have Jeff Teague and uh, Kimba Walker. I'm taking Kimba. I am too. Um, I think we did this last time. Eric Bledsoe and Ricky Rubio. I, I got Rubio. I st- I'm on. I I'm on Bledsoe. I'm not scared of his injury, and I think Bledsoe is an incredibly good uh, point guard who gets blocks at a kind of a half a block rate, which is pretty silly for a point guard. And,
1: and I said this in the in the Utah episode. I think that I just I see Rubio getting a little bit more scoring this year, and those steals are just so great, and the assists are. I mean, is he going to be? He's probably going to be third in the league in assists. Behind wall, well, I shouldn't say that. He's going to be the third and point guard for assist because only one of Houston's guys can be a point guard.
0: Yeah, you're right. And actually, if anything, now that we're mentioning um, other point guards and other teams, Drew Holiday with Rajon Rondo. Ooh, yeah, gonna play the two. He's not scared of that.
1: I, I, I am. I mean, he's going to play the two from everything I'm hearing. He's the two guard, and and. Because you know Rondo's going to have to have the ball in his hands. Like I, else I, saw it, I saw
0: what happened in Chicago with Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo was so inconsistent and took plays off and only played on national TV. And then he had two amazing games in the playoffs and everybody forgave him for all that shit. But that's just – I'm sorry. That's just Rajon Rondo. He's going to have the ball in his hands way too much. He's going to find uh, open players, but that actually might work on a team like the Pelicans uh, with two really bi- uh, giant big men who can hit mid-range jumpers and actually hit three-pointers. Um, so maybe Ronda will be kind of decent, but that, you know who it doesn't work for? Uh, Drew Holiday. Well,
1: and, and to say this about Drew Holiday, yeah, last season he was healthy. He missed some games because his wife had a brain tumor, which, I mean, okay, I can understand that. Yeah, and that totally you can't knock him it. for that. But what what did he miss games for the few years before that? Stress reactions in his legs. And that's been ongoing, for sure. So, I mean, is it crazy to see that pop up again? I don't think it is.
0: All right, one more, Jeff Teague, would you rather? Jeff Teague or Victor Oladipo?
1: That's a good one. Um, And I guess it all depends on on how you see Victor Oladipo this year. Um, I'm a huge Victor Oladipo fan.
0: I'm on the I'm on the Victor Oladipo bandwagon.
1: Wow, that's that's really close for me.
0: Um, so I mean, you're you're talking about the fourth round here. Oh yeah, I'm I'm talking about the fourth round. And so you, I think what a lot of people are seeing Jeff Teague slip, and I, I, Jeff Teague's probably a little bit underrated, especially now, I, in Tom Thibodeau's system where he's going to play heavy minutes.
1: And that's that's the point, right? I, there's not really that many drawbacks from Jeff Teague for me. He's going to play huge minutes. I think he's going to relatively be Jeff Teague. He's going to get the ball put in his hands. I mean, I just I don't, I don't see what, what everybody's hating on.
0: All right, let's knock out these last two guys um, since this is the most straightforward team. Andrew Wiggins with the addition of Jimmy Butler. We do, we do think he's going to take a little bit of a, um, a downswing. I'm more at 20, 20 points pitch. with a steal, four rebounds, like
1: two, two and a half assists, a three-pointer, half a block.
0: That's, so that's. It's mean, not crazy. That's not. That's not crazy at all. So what's that like? A
1: top sixty player? Thought maybe top fifty? Barely? Maybe? Yeah,
0: I don't know if it, I don't
1: know. Is that top fifty? Twenty points a game is. Is. I think he shoots a little less. Pretty right? rare. Um, yeah.
0: But I. I think his percentage might go a little bit down because I, I think they're going to try to have him shoot more threes this year. I could see that because you have your ball handler. Ball handlers like. Teague and, and Butler but um Wiggins really also needs the ball in his hands to uh to kind of produce that's what his he's kind of almost like um uh kind of like DeMar DeRozan in a way where he's just like kind of a one-man scoring machine I I, I just I mean at pick 50 I don't know that I'm just like
1: super I, sold I on see them.
0: other guys sitting around that 50 spot that I'd rather have
1: And that's kind of where I say 60 in the sense that like, I'm probably more in on him at pick 60 than I am at 50. Um,
0: I see a couple guys at 60 that I think I might rather have. And
1: here's the thing about Wiggins that I'll say. I don't know that I've ever owned Andrew Wiggins.
0: I know. I know I have not.
1: He doesn't give me that statistical profile that I like in the sense that it's one steal and half a block, which is okay, I guess. But it's not sexy, and other than points, he doesn't give me anything. And I always go for points early, so I've got yeah. a good points build, and I don't think I need Wiggins in the in the fifty range.
0: You got to you you got to give me one and one, right? If you're if you're not going to do anything else, you got to give me one steal, one block. And he's not doing that. And so, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Where if you missed your points early, you know you took Joe Kitch in the fir- uh, in the first round, the, um, then maybe Andrew Wiggins is someone you look at in that fifth, sixth round, simply because you know you're going to need the points and they're not going to be there. Yeah, so for late points, if you're
1: talking more than 20 a game, the guys you probably got are Wiggins, Devin Booker, Marta Rosen. That's it. Pretty much it. Maybe Carmelo, if he sticks around. people hating on him this year. He's always a scorer. That's about it. You got those four. That's about yeah, it,
0: I think people are selling Melo a little short this year, too. He's still Carmelo Anthony.
1: Oh, I think I'll have some Melo this year, that's for certain. Sure.
0: Yeah, I think he's gonna go later than a lot of people think. So, uh, the, the final guy on this on this list, it's actually, I'd, I'd rather talk about both of these guys. This um, is the battle, right? This is the one battle, this is the one minute's battle on the team. Uh, gorgeous dang, so I'd like to call him, and one of my favorite. Hardworking Chicago Bulls, Taj Gibson. Okay, first question: What's the split? Uh, this is where it gets tricky. I see it. Oh, Thibodeau, God, uh, that guy. Um, it's probably somewhere. Dang, twenty s- seven, maybe Taj twenty three. I'll see, Mark so went the
1: other way, listening? and that's and that surprised me. Mark went Taj Gibson more minutes than
0: Dang. I'm, I'm definitely on the flip of that. Well, I mean, here that's the toss up, right? Who plays better with Car Anthony Towns, Taj or, or 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 Dang? Probably Dang.
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know that that's right. I don't know that that's what Tom Thibodeau thinks, which is really all that matters. Who's the better defender,
0: Gibson or Dang? How Taj Gibson?
1: I yeah. I mean from what I've seen, Gordy Dang sl- is, is a pretty good defender.
0: He's a solid defender, but, right? Taj Gibson is a veteran has been good for a long time. Yeah. Um so down the stretch, who does Tom to go to? And I think this is where Mark's get. I think this is what Mark was getting at. Is that down the stretch Tom Gibson might get those minutes and then that would actually push him above Gordy Dang. And here's my issue with Gordy Dang. He needs to play 30-plus minutes to be a really good fantasy player. I would argue if they're going to relatively split the minutes that both guys are
1: back end of a standard league values. I mean, like, after pick 100, if they're going to split the minutes.
0: I, I think I would much rather have Deng because I know he does. Basically, he, he gets that steel block uh, consistently. He's a, He's a good rebounder. And he, you've seen him do it before, right? If he's going to play more minutes, right, he's he's going to give you a little bit more. Uh, he's going to get you pretty good percentages uh, across the board. And he's kind of one, like like I'm saying, he's kind of one of those guys where if his usage drops, his minutes drop, all of a sudden he's what he finished in what eight cat leagues last year, ended up finishing in the top sixty. So. And probably bump him up if uh, with a, with that turnover rate, right? But if he starts playing less minutes, that he's my overdraft. Block special. and a half goes to a block.
1: He's my overdraft special for this year. I think he's going to get maybe the one of the, the most overdrafted guys.
0: I think a lot of people are going to look at what he used to, what he ranked last year or the year before, and what he's ranked on ESPN and Yahoo, who do you know a subpar job of, of vetting some of those rankings, and he's he's going to go way too high.
1: Sixty, seventy, and I'm looking at him like no. as my last guy in the ten-team no. league, like one twenty.
0: Uh, out of out of my top hundred.
1: I mean, like one twenty, I'm looking at, and now I get he goes like sixty, seventy.
0: Yeah, if you sit on the board near the end of the draft, cool. I'd rather have him over Taj. I don't know if Taj is going to be standard league, even with the minutes. I'm not sure uh, Taj is going to be standard league. He,
1: um, but Taj Taj is, he, is a borderline guy. For the last couple years, he's been a stream guy for me though. I mean, I sure. and even in ten-team leagues, I'm streaming
0: him. 26, 27 minutes over the last handful of years, really. Um, he's a guy who's, who's going to give you enough stats to to, to put it on put on a, a roster every once in a while, but I'm not drafting him.
1: So for my deep league special, this was tough for this team, but I'll, I'll give it to you. It's, it's Jamal Crawford. He's the only other guy I see who might get enough minutes to be even worth anything in the deep league. Um, I don't think it's going to be a ton. I think it's probably like somewhere from 20, 22, maybe 25 he can push up to. Um, he's going to give you points and threes and not a lot else, but that's the only other guy, even in a deep league, I'm looking at from this club.
0: Yeah, um, I'm I'm staying away from him even. Maybe not in deep leagues because you're right. Someone's going to have to play off this bench, but... But
1: it's Thibodeau. Uh, I'm scared. He's, I'm, he's I'm scared rough. to even... Jamal's hey, been we... rough
0: with the last few years. He's usually the guy who never gets drafted in, in a lot of leagues, and then all of a sudden he's coming off the waiver of wire. Uh, Jamal was like that for a, a couple of years there, up until last year. Actually, last two years. Uh, then Jason Terry, he was always the guy everybody overlooked back in the day. Um, I'm scared by him, though. I'll admit it. I'm scared. Yeah, People are really overlooking me. Jamal Crawford for the right reasons now. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of staying away. But you're right about you know here's a guy who can get your points in a, in a very deep draft. Uh, in, a, in a very deep league i think that's and all right. uh, well go ahead I
1: thought, uh, no that was my point is that's the deep league special because i'm scared of everybody else
0: <laughs> yep and um if you're looking for a point guard of the future he's not on this team anymore he's on the chicago bulls so sorry everybody go i think back, go back a few episodes and listen to the chicago bulls breakdown if you want to hear about the point guard of the future that used to be on this team
1: uh, that's all I got for these guys. I don't, I don't want to say anything about anybody else.
0: I don't either. I don't want to wax on anymore about how much how great Tom Thibodeau is cause, and Jimmy Butler. So uh, let's wrap it up there. Uh, you have anything going on that you want to plug or anything interesting you, you've seen lately?
1: Uh, no, you can find me on Twitter at Waxi4444. Um, if I find it interesting, you, I can usually find something I wrote about it because
0: um, I'm always writing something. Cool. And uh, you can find me at Watch the Boxes, all one word. And uh, hit us up if you are interested in being in our listener league. Uh, we we got a few people; it's filling up. So um, get oh, dude, I could, we got quite
1: a few. So you better get your name out there quick if you want yeah, that. It's,
0: it's it's filling up. Uh, we. I will on... say this too.
1: One last thing for me, I forgot. Yeah, go. go. Um, go. If you want custom rankings, um, you can message me on Twitter, and I'll get them out to you. Any settings you want, you got crazy stats, double doubles, triple doubles, fouls.
0: Stop. I don't know. Stop any, putting those categories. Stop
1: it. any any crazy stats. I can give you the rankings. Just hit me up. They're Mark's rankings. Don't don't think they're my rankings. They're Mark's rankings. But I'll get them set up
0: for you, Tyler. I, I will say you are doing a commendable job in uh, providing these custom uh, custom rankings for our listeners, and um, you really you're going out of your way for it. And uh, I respect that because I would never, I would never do that to anyone who uses triple doubles in their league.
1: Oh man, you should see some of the categories Mark has oh. set up for us. It's, it's a, it's impressive.
0: I, I'd like compile a few ridiculous categories for me, and uh, let me know next episode. All right, I will do that. Perfect. Um, I think that's it for us. We're going to continue with our uh, team previews. So, uh, join us next time. Thanks, everybody.